Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. 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 What's happening? We never say anything other than, I feel like we always say hello. Well, how else do you start? Um, I don't know. Whenever I meet up with people or I talk to somebody. Salutations. I guess I do say hello when I answer the phone. What do you say when you answer the phone? What up? Well, it depends on the person, actually. I know that for you. You'd be like, yeah. There's a lot of different hellos, too. Yeah, I I can typically tell. I got a pretty good flat hello I give to some some motherfuckers. I can typically tell who you're talking to on the phone by the way that you answer it. Yes. I'm usually, when you answer the phone for me, Mm -hmm. it's typically, hello, wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. For sure. Which has been making me think of American Gods now that we've caught up. We rewatched, if you guys haven't watched American Gods, Fucking watch it. It's so fucking good. But we bit the other day I was feeling like shit and we legit binge watched an entire the entire the first, first season. Yeah. And the one the uh the leprechaun always says, Dead wife. Dead wife. Yeah. Okay, dead wife. No spoilers. Well, that's a book. It's it comes <laughs> it actually happens in like the very beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, American Gods. Also, hi. This Hello. is we drink and we know things. The podcast. Yes. I'm Andrea. I'm Tom. We're the Pains. Yes. And we're married. That's what makes us the Pains. Uh, this is episode 24. Is it? It is. Correct. Nuh-uh. Yes. Wait. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. So you're saying that the episode 23 was actually 23? I think so. Fuck off. For real? I think so. I might, even, no I might be fucking up, but I'm pretty sure. That's probably wrong. Because our last episode, we ended up just calling it the number 23 because we talked about the number 23 a lot. Yeah. And it almost came out on the 23rd when we were a little late. Wait that would have been the damn trifecta. cocktail before I even... I'm thirsty. I'm ready to get this. We had so many headaches trying to get into this, dude. I had to do so much so stupid stuff. If you are new, welcome. Hello. Random episode to pick, but all right. Maybe and not. if you're not new, welcome back. Yeah. And thanks for returning and sticking with us. Goddamn. I don't know how y'all do it, man. So, uh, how about you go ahead and you did, you went ahead and did what you said you were going to do. I you made, made a cocktail. cocktail. I did it every, I think every 14th or 13th. It's a very odd integer from which I've been doing cocktails, but. You just like slowly moved out of that accent right there. Well, that's how I do it. I'm a bit of a chameleon. Mm, a chameleon? Chameleon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've been patiently waiting, looking at this. Very pretty cocktail. Yes. So. Tell me what it is. This bad boy has bourbon. It's got. Oh, it smells good. Basil. Oh, I smell mint. There is no mint. That is no? basil. That's yes. the basil? That's as your mom basil. would say, basil. 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 Uh, it also has a little bit of simple syrup, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of bitters. Damn. Yeah. I saw you with some strawberries. What you do with them? I muddled them up with the basil. Okay. And shook it up real nice. Does it have a name? Yeah, I didn't think of one. I just made it up. Oh. So it's like a bourbon, little bourbon smash. Wait, you you can't just clinky me without clinking. Oh, okay. Clinkies. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. That's why I picked those. All right, I'm going to try it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's actually really fucking good. It's scrumptious. That's so weird. The basil gives it like a mint julep minty taste. It's like an herbal note, I think that. I just, I get such a minty pickup. Are you shooting by mint? I'm kidding. I'm very certain, yes. I thought, my only reason of thinking that it was, you put mint in it is because the Derby Festival is 
coming up. Yeah, the Derby itself is coming up. Yeah. yeah. And we're, oh well, yeah, the Derby Festival technically has already yeah. started. Yeah. But we're obviously in Kentucky. Yes, that's well, what if you're you new, didn't you didn't know. know. Yeah. And we're in Louisville, which is where Churchill Downs is, which is, I that didn't come out very smoothly. Derby happens. Yes. It's coming up. It's a big bunch of madness in the city for a little while. It's pretty cool. Pretty dope. This is good. It's good, right? But no name. No name. <gasps> a drink has no a name. A drink has no name. We're going to call it that just because Game of Thrones is back. Bang a rang. This is oh. that last season. Hope y'all are watching. If y'all are watching, at us, let's talk about it. Mm, obviously, we like Game of Thrones. Yes. Because of our Why would you say title. that? Oh. The name of our podcast. I was being cheeky. Um, also, I think the, since the last time we recorded, Easter has happened. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Oh. Think right. about it. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean. Hope everybody had a good Easter. Uh, if you don't celebrate Easter, all right. Hope you had, hope a, good, you had a good Sunday. Hope you had a good day. I think Passover just happened, too. My mom got me an Easter basket. She didn't fucking get me. I'm just kidding. It was kidding. a joint Easter basket. It was. It was just a big, it was, big I joint. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. you were going to say that. I'm we'll fucking stupid. 420, bro. No, my mom is like the most innocent. She's sweet lady. Pure human would never. But she did give us a little Easter basket. It had like bath bombs in it for me. And, and you hid that whole shit. I don't know where any of that stuff is. It's in is. my car. We haven't brought it in. I'll bet. I'm going to find it. But it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. If this is your first time at the podcast, we kind of do a little bit of a different format than a lot of other podcasts. Andrea will tell me a story that I'm not familiar with. Mm. I will tell Andrea a story she's not familiar with. uh, And then we kind of go from there. They're oftentimes conspiracies or true crime. Ghost stories. Tragedies. Tragedies. We've kind of moved into that sort of realm as well. Things are going to get a little tragic on today's We Drink and We Know Things podcast for sure. Oh, yep. See, I, you say that, and then I say that, but mm. I don't really know. You know what I mean? Also, shout out to my mail carrier at the on Wednesdays at work for only like another week because we're moving. But um, it's you know him. It's the dude that you knew from. They used to come to Boombus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in there today, and he picked up all the packages, and I had a little conversation with him because he was asking about why the store was so bare and stuff because we're moving right um and he was so sad he he was he's a good dude he uses our bathroom all the time yeah, he's a good dude but he was like listening to he had a podcast like coming out of his the mail you know truck and i i said something and he was like oh no, no i wasn't referencing to the his truck but he's like oh that's just my podcast and i was like oh you listen to podcasts uh my husband and i tom you know him you've met him oh, we have a podcast and he was like no you know so we kind of like got on and he was like oh, i want to listen so shout out if I wish I knew far, your man. name. I don't know his name. Yeah. Do you know his name? Super cool male dude that used but, to get yeah, Polotate pizzas. Used and to work over at the liquor barn. You pick up on Wednesdays at, well, you used to pick up at Wednesday on Wednesdays at Awesome Outdoor Products. Yeah, what's up, dude? And I know you had like a fucking dope job before he was a mail carrier. He Wasn't did like, he um, like an embalmer. Yeah. Or, you did like um, something like that. He was a mortician. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just remember so, that. Dude, if you end up listening, you end up liking us, you end up making it to this episode. Goddamn. Email hopefully. us. That'd be cool, man. At we drink and we know things podcast at Gmail. If I don't see you again, I don't know if I'll see you again. Email right there. Very and good and tell me your name and 
we'll have we can have him on yeah we can sure, talk about that it. job experience because that's wild let's do it man anyway i thought that was super cool that is cool my last little thing i just want to say before we get into it is that we got to see my favorite murder live yeah that was dope that was pretty cool they, just to see a like a, that was our first live podcast yeah like seeing a live podcast well got, other than the one they got we louis sluggers that they had a fun time it was cool it was pretty cool. a good show it was nice it's just it's fun to like kind of see how it works when you're yeah how having done one little live dude it's kind of in I much different circumstances obviously two but. super awesome women that sat next to me yeah um and they were they're were like foster parents they were genuinely badass and I told them about our podcast, well, maybe they'll start listening, too. Yeah, what's up, ladies? Tell your friends, guys. Come on. Tell your friends. So, now that we've babbled on five, I was gonna beat you it. to it, it yeah. for ten minutes, I guess, you ready to get into this I've shit? been ready. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get it. I go first, right? You do go first okay. this week, yes. Okay, I am, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Okay. This is another not-so-fun one. I don't know why I keep finding these. I mean, it's intentional at this point. It's not. It is, though. You read it and you're like, that's maybe savage. Better do it. Well, I wasn't going to... I didn't know anything about this story before I researched for the podcast. And I hadn't heard really any other podcasts cover it. Okay. Also, it's more recent. Um, But when I found... When I stumbled upon it, I was like, holy shit. Like, why is not anybody... Why is not anybody? Why is not well, anybody are talking about this? Why has why do I why have I never heard about this? Like right. it's crazy. So I'm gonna jump on into it. Let's do it. I am going to whoop that sounded like a robot. No? Alright. Okay, so I don't there's not like really a title for this, you know, but I'm gonna tell you about Anjum Coughland. Anjum. Anjum Coughland and her husband, Randall Coughland. Randall. And they have two kids. Okay. Who are Brittany and Tiffany Coughlin. Okay. Okay. I'm with it. So, as I do, you know, I like to give a little bit of background. Randall Coughlin attended the college of, I don't know how you say this. It's D. I've never heard of that school. A college of, I don't know how you say this. <laughs> D-U- it's capital D U capital P A G DuPage 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 DuPage. I don't know. He attended that college. Let me know how you say it. Where is it? Um, this all happens in Chicago. I didn't look up the colleges, so I don't know if he went away for college. So I would assume it happens. He, he it was in Chicago. Okay. But yeah, I legitimately don't know. I was just kind of giving a background of his university yes so he received his aas in accounting and then he also attended devry university where he received his bs in information technology he worked as an it manager at a chicago law firm his background is in the windows slash vmware arena so we're you know i don't know whatever that means for their it's and his other interest over the last couple of years when he was in all that um, included Linux, blah, blah, blah. He's Different an IT nerd. computer languages and He's stuff. He's an IT yeah. nerd. I'm not even going to keep going with all that. He's an IT nerd. He loved IT, doing everything, overseeing he it. it. He I mean, he it. was like, no. He, he was, loved it. That was his shit. You didn't need to spell it. He loved it. Oh, Come okay. on, slow burner right Stupid. there. Stupid. Yes, you're welcome. Stupid. You all can keep that one. Um, Give it to the tech person in your life. And then we have Anjum. 
she uh, is a claims adjuster for MetLife and uh, once was the deputy recorder for Kendall County, Illinois, and a special education paraprofessional, okay? And throughout the 90s, she worked for several mortgage banks, including the First Nationwide Mortgage and Old Kent Bank. Bake? I meant to say bank. That's like almost like a bakery, (laughs) but you just, you bake, you take and bake it. An Old Kent Bank. And she then became the administrative assistant for United Marketing Group and later on the deputy recorder for Kendall County. So, okay, cool. Like She did lots of stuff. She migrated from Pakistan with her family when she was at the age of 12. Okay. So she came over here. She couldn't speak any English, and she basically said that she learned all of her English from TV and from school. So she's thrown into this, like... You know, and I'm sure, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I didn't go as deep as I usually do, like, to look into, like, her parents or his parents because there's just so much with this story. But basically, she learned all of her English from TV and school. That had to be very difficult. Yeah. Um, also, her parents were super strict, and she really had no friends because with their, not religion, with their in their cult, the culture where they came from, they, they really brought it along with them and... If she ever wanted to do anything, she always had to go with a sibling or a family oh, member. And it was really just basically family all day, every day, all the time. It, there was never like... Traditional as fuck Yeah, then, can yeah. my friend from school come over? Or can I, you know, if it's like, I'm going to take a walk, your brother's got to go with you. You know, there was yeah. never... Old school as fuck. Traditional. Well, for the... for Yes, for you the know? Pakistan. I mean, yeah. I don't know a ton about their culture, but per se, but I that seems to be what followed. And with that, she had a very huge culture shock coming to America. Because mm. you're talking about a 12-year-old coming from Pakistan. Pakistan? I think it is I think it Pakistan? Say, I think you can say Pakistan. You can say Pakistan. Coming from there to America. And the clothes were different. Food's different. She said, you know, there weren't any Indian or Pakistani stores when, to shop what, at. When is this? When did she move here? Ooh, it was when she was 12. I don't know the specific year. Is this like a modern time? This, this would have been... Fuck. Um, she has her kids in 2000. This was probably so the, like 80s. the 90, 80s or 90s. The 80s, yeah. probably. I'm sorry, I didn't get the specific date on Come that. Come on, get it together. Well, it, it was never really listed anywhere. Yeah. So this all, where we're at now... Where she's at, where um, Russell's at. This is in St. Charles, Illinois. Okay. Um, which is about an hour from Chicago, if anyone cares. I mean, I didn't map it, but that's what the, you know, the Google told me. Them, them dumb Googles, they'll get, get you there. Cocktail. Yeah, get that in there. After she really started to figure out how to be in this new culture and she's older, I think maybe she was about 17, she got a job at a store called Venture. Mm. Which is apparently like Target. Okay. So, yeah, I guess a big box store, which must be a thing in Chicago. I don't, I've never heard of it. We'll have to venture out there and venture. find out. Oh. <laughs> Come on. So, this is where she met Randy. His name is Randall, but Randy. she calls him Randy. So, if I go back and forth, it's just because she, she calls, she called him Randy. He's Randy. He approached her at this store. He also worked there because where she comes from in the culture, in her culture, 
you don't talk to you know boys you don't go up and tell a, a man you like them you don't do that you don't date right because you know that's just not how that works in their muslim culture it's typical and i'm not saying this as like a good like this are a lot of this is her words sure um her words were like in our muslim culture you know it's typical that the dad the parents marry the daughter off so she isn't she's kind of like trying to do her own thing but also like in america you know trying to figure her own shit out without okay. you know what i mean because that's a big change sure so where's randy from so let me i'll get to it oh okay randy <laughs> randy here we go came from a middle class family and he was the second of two kids he was not outgoing he really kept to himself he was very shy and he really like didn't know how to start conversations and just a chill dude she said that he had a really good childhood um, up till about the age of six. And that's when his mom and dad divorced. And when they divorced, he, I guess growing, I guess he maybe, he went with his dad because from what I saw, he he cut off communication with uh, everybody else in the family. He really didn't have any family. He just had his dad. Okay. He didn't talk to his mom or his brother. It was just like him and his dad, which... Maybe it was like one of those separation things where like the brother went with the mom and he went with the dad. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really look in that far to the family life of them as kids. Cool. So much. Or the family, the parents' life. You know what I mean? So they meet. You know, they're both in Chicago. They're at the store. They're working together. They started to take lunches together, breaks together. She didn't really like feel any sort of way about him. She wasn't like really into him, but... They were working together and she enjoyed his company, you know, it's a boy, whatever. And eventually he got to the point where he was leaving the job because he applied for another job. And before he left, I guess one of the days when he was still working with her, he came up to her and said, I just want to let you know I am completely in love with you. Oh, shit. Whoa. All right. So after that. That's why you always let me finish your tater tots. (laughs) I don't know. What's that? I don't know, man. Jesus. I smoked too much before this. After that, great. No, I'm just kidding. After that, they started calling each other, talking on the phone all the time, and just really, you know, continuing a relationship relationship. or whatever. So is he still local? Yeah, he just got a different job. But her family didn't know about any of this. Oh, my gosh. Okay, because as I said, with their culture... That's not cool. cool, That's not allowed. From what she was, the way she was portraying portraying it was that she was different and didn't want to follow that lifestyle being in America. Like, you brought me over here as a 12-year-old and y'all are still trying to follow and abide by all those rules. But, like, I'm in a different world, basically. Like, I'm in a different, this is different. Yeah. This is different. It's a whole new world. You wanted me to sing that song so bad. I did. I'm glad you didn't. Hashtag Aladdin. So, as it goes, long story short, they fall in love. Oh. Because, you know, they're talking all the time. That's what happens. It's super Yeah. And they, I guess, I don't know, kind of start dating because she's still living with her parents. So I don't really know how that goes. So, but, like, con- you know, just emote. They're very, they're in, they are, they're having a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
They're emotional with And then it, it, it ends up to the point where they decide to get married. Oh. She's 17. Oh. And they got married a few months after they were, had all these, after this Is she married when she's 17? If you would let me finish my oh, sentence. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. No, but they, you know, they've continued this, their conversations and stuff, and, and then they, they are in love now, and they're going to get married, and she's 17, and a few months later, they get married when she's 18. So her family is pissed. Because she's like, yo, I know I didn't tell you about this, but I've got this guy that I'm in love with. I've married him and I'm going to go move in with him. Because, you know, she's living with her parents. Yeah. They are pissed. They totally disown her for leaving the house to marry and live with this man. Damn, that's fucked up. Before they even disown her, they actually try and take her. They call the cops and go to the house and call the cops and say that she was kidnapped. So that they could try to take her back home. And Damn. the cops are like, she's 18. Yeah. She can do what she wants, you know? A lot of this I'm getting from, like, interviews that I watched with her. So a lot of okay. this is really direct quotes from her. Yeah. Which I think is best. I yeah, mean. that's cool. But she said that they were really embarrassed and just, like, brokenhearted that she decided to do this. And she says now, as an adult, she really kind of understands that more. She's like, now, like looking back i wonder what she, i wonder course, what else she's gonna be looking back of on. of course my parents would be fucking devastated so at that point basically randy is saying if you go with them i'm out like you'd lose me and come on randy. and her parents are like her family's like if you stay with randy we're out so i think that's what you call a rock in a hard place <laughs> that's not a joke that's just what i think they call it I used that moment to take a drink. Tough ground. Okay, so ultimately she chose Randy. Hoping her family would eventually come come around, but they never did. I also don't know how many siblings that she had, but I know she had siblings. So they get married, Mm -hmm. and they know that they want to start a family, but they want to be really, you know, on their feet and make sure that they were stable. Mm Mm-hmm. Before they brought a kid into the world, smart. Super smart. You know, a lot of people just get married, start start a family. I've been trying. We've been together for a long time. But, you know, they hadn't been together for that long before yeah. they got married. Yeah. They But they mainly want, they wanted to make sure that they were really stable so that once they did have a kid, that Anjum could stay home with the kid and take care of yeah. They would just be stable. That's the I fucking get dream, yeah. I totally get it. So 10 years after they got married. Okay. So they're together for 10 years. Okay. They finally decided to have a baby. Damn. March 14th, 2000, they had twin girls. Lucky. Twins. Twins. So in one of the interviews I was watching with her, she was like. I swear to God, if these end up being the little twin girls from Shining, I'm going to be so pissed at you. (laughs) Oh my God. Those twin girls don't have any Pakistan in them. That could have been whitewashing, babe. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So. She, I, in an interview I was watching, she said when she found out she was pregnant, when she found out she was having twins, mm-hmm. she was actually like really scared to tell Randy because she just was like, whoa, like we took this long to have one. Well, now we're having resources. two. And she said he was just like, okay, he was fine with it. Let's do it. And she's like, great. Okay. Woo. Here we go. So March 14th, 2000, they had their twin girls and that's when she became a stay-at-home mom. She took on the... 
the shopping, cooking, cleaning, laundry, you know, the typical. Jeez. That's still a fucking lot to do. A fucking That's yes a fucking it is. lot Keep to do. Keep that in mind too, please. I didn't mean that for us. I meant that for this story. But I'm not pregnant yet, obviously. You're pointing those, you got some Ariana Grande Ooh, finger mm, points mm, going mm, on mm, right mm. now. But, you know, she loved being a stay-at-home mom because she was just like, this is amazing. I get to raise my daughters and be yeah. with them all it's day. It's a great experience. And, and since I'm home, I, yes, fucking tough, I'm going to take over the cooking and the laundry and those sort of things, which I'm not saying is, cool. like, no. Parents, you're married, your parent, you all share that shit. Yeah, but, but I you, do get if you are the person. If you're gonna be at the crib all day, you, though. yeah, just like you. If you yeah. were, if I was working full time and you were a stay at home dad, you would be taking over. This. It doesn't matter if you're a female, male. Nobody come at us with that bullshit because that's Nobody. not how we are. Nobody's going. So the girls, we have Brittany and Tiffany. She's cute. Brittany was very outgoing. She was a cheerleader. Ended up joining the the, the squad like. Like moi. Like your girl. I was a cheerleader for so long. Uh, How long was I a cheerleader for? Nine years? I don't. You'd know that. A very long time. And Tiffany was more reserved, but once you got to know her, she was still very open and everybody loved her. Um, They were both very well known and really well liked at high school. Her mom says they were definitely spoiled. Oh. But they were happy and they were super helpful and sweet and nice with their friends. Um, they loved music. They were obsessed with music, and that was just, like, everything to them. And they were always, always, always wanting to go to concerts, like Justin Bieber, One Direction, Miley Cyrus, right. all oh, that. The Biebs. So, jumping forward to where, as I said, they were really liked in high school. So, that's why, like, I know I'm not giving you much about the their childhood, but I it seemed like so it was a So, whatever this is, is going to be recent as fuck. It is a very re- more recent Because if we're fast-forwarding some more. Mm-hmm. And they were born in 2000. Yeah. So. I think the homie Dimitri was born in the year 2000. Shut up. I'm, no, he was born in 98. He's born in 98. Oh, it's even worse. Yeah. He's so little. Dimitri, you're such a baby. Okay. So around the time when they were in high school is right around the time when their parents' marriage started to get rough and started to have some struggles. A bit rocky. Anjum said that when Randy was okay, everything was great. He went above and beyond for his kids. He constantly looked for better and better jobs to provide for them. And he just wanted to give the girls and them, you know, everything they wanted. That when they wanted to go to a concert, he was the first person to try and get the tickets for them. She said he planned amazing vacations. They went to Disney World. And she said when they got there, it was so amazing because he had planned everything out already right after when they had gotten there you know everything was planned to the Mm -hmm. t and it was all about the girls and the princess them being princesses and all you know just having you know he loved them and was just so about his daughters okay i would just love it if this was just like just a happy story right it just ends with like and then yeah it's not (laughs) it's not and now I'm gonna both go the kids are doing great the dad's doing good mom's doing good i'm gonna go nobody's incarcerated it's not I find this really weird because Anjum and Randy were both, or Randall, I, I keep calling, that's what she calls him when she addresses him. I'm but cool. Just for the sake of us not forgetting anybody, I'm down to call him Randy. They were both active on Twitter. Good for them. Which is kind of like, I don't know. I haven't been able to get active on Twitter my whole yeah. life. But something was said about how 
he was very active on Twitter, like retweeting a bunch of like IT nerd shit. Which if you're an, if you're in IT, you're not a nerd. Please don't I'm, delete our RSS you're great. feed. We're you sorry. guys are smart as fuck. That's the only reason we're able to fucking Teach do me how this to fucking podcast. And his Twitter really showed, you know, just his passion for his the IT world and his happy life with his wife. Happy life with his wife. Yeah. So, as I said, as the girls got into high school, things start to get a little more rocky for the family. And his behavior really started changing. Oh, no. She said, we really didn't date each other so much as we just kind of, you know, they just kind of got together, did it kind of fast, married each other. And she said they really just learned to accept each other's faults. And that being said, she maybe didn't really know know him as much as she thought and he didn't really know him her you know i mean they didn't really like they just kind of were like had it maybe like a surface oh this is cool we get along like you're hot you're hot let's all right let's do this you know yeah so she said he was really nice in the beginning of their relationship in the beginning of their marriage and then he really started to become an angry person to the point of punching walls she said one time he punched a wall and she looked at him and she was like, uh-uh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. She said the more... Why the fuck does everything cost money? <laughs> what? Have you seen that meme of that little kid like freaking out? Mm-mm. Oh, maybe I'll find it post on the website. Oh, okay. She said the more and more he got better and better jobs, the more and more angry he got with those jobs. You know, like not with the jobs, but his demeanor like is like... He got a better job and he got more mad. He got another better job. He got more, you know, his, yeah. his temper was not like, his demeanor was changing with the jobs, I guess. And he started pulling sort of that like, I'm the man, I have the job, I make the money card. Ooh, mm-hmm. bitch. And he really started to put Anjum down saying her job wasn't important. It wasn't hard. He's like, what you do isn't hard. And just really slowly started to continue to say negative things to her like, well, you didn't go to school. You don't know what it's like to have a hard job. And surprisingly, as I'm watching her talk about a lot of this, she was kind of accepting of it because she's like, okay, yeah, but her defense was we made an agreement to this. When we got married and you knew we wanted to have a family, you know, you wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. So it was, sure, I didn't go get a college degree and I'm not doing some – crazy fancy job but because that's what you wanted yeah you know she felt like he was starting to kind of resent her for those choices and where they were kind of in this relationship with her being a stay-at-home mom and him doing all the work quote unquote fuck off moms do so much fucking work what up come on tell me you wouldn't rather be at work than be doing laundry diapers chore you know dishes come on a house is fucking hard to maintain yeah, we know. Ours only, is only, filthy. There's only two of us. There's only two of us. <laughs> yeah. But he was really making her feel like she wasn't doing enough for the family. His anger and rage and his temper started to get really, really bad. And he was controlling everything because they relied on him for money and everything. Helping the girls with homework, paying the bills, everything. Yeah. She said he checked the girls' grades every single day. He got so controlling, he was checking their grades every single day. He was checking the credit card payments every single day. She felt like she couldn't even go to the store and buy something because she knew he would look at the statement 
and get pissed at her, pissed at her for, you know, buying something, without, I guess, without his permission. Wow. I mean, money can get tight, though. But you know what I mean? But it's never to the point where if we have a joint banking account, you're going to, like, I, I can't even feel like I can go to Starbucks or, you know what I mean? Like You better, you better give me something. I don't care. If it gets to the point where one of you is the one bringing the money in, but the other one of you, be it the husband or the wife, is at home taking care of your kids, you are both fucking earning that money. Right. You should be getting paid money to earn, to have kids, oh, take care of kids. Jesus fucking Christ. Right? Yeah. yeah. So at this point, the girls are in high school and everything fucking is not good. She's not happy. They're fighting. He's, his rage, his control, his anger is not good. And she has repeatedly, repeatedly, since the girls were probably about six, asked him for a divorce. Oh, okay. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And probably where's about... He, where's he from? I don't know. I would say... I would assume Chicago, because that's where she met him. I don't know. Hey, so he's not from the, he's not from the Middle East or anything? No, no, no. She oh, met okay. him Okay, he's a white dude. That's why he's punching holes in walls. Probably. So... Randy. I would say... I would say, since the girls were about six, for about ten years, she'd been asking for a divorce. Oh. And he held the fact that he was the moneymaker over her head and wouldn't let her leave. When she asked for a divorce, he would say stuff like... Well, if you leave me, then I'm going to quit my job and then who's going to support it? The girls and you. Like, then what are you going to do? That's fucking, and, that's a stupid plan, bro, because what are you going to do? Well, she cares about her kids and she's, yeah. that's mainly her, you know, that's her focus. And as you know, her family disowned her. So she had no one to talk to. She had no one to go to. She didn't know what to do. Tough. She break. didn't know how to get out of this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. And they've been together a long time at this point. Yeah. So she just stayed with him for the kids. Over all this period of time when she wanted a divorce. Man. Okay, so we're going to jump to about 2015. Okay, here we go. Randy was having increasing anxiety and depression. And he went to his doctor to get antidepressants. He was taking about two to three at a time, is what he told his wife. It's what he told Andrew, that he was taking about two or three at a time. And it wasn't helping He then, at this same time, which I find where he got a new job as a claims adjuster, I think he was kind of trying to, like, make a power move to make himself feel more in control of his life. He was all the while secretly abusing his meds and drinking heavily on top of these medications, which does not go mix well together. This even started to cause problems for the girls at school. Uh, the teachers were kind of noticing that there was some like they could tell. I guess they could just tell that the girls weren't in their best like mind headspace, frame. Yeah, yeah headspace, and they were even like our ki- Like I think there was there was a quote from like the school. I think that was like, "We see these kids every day, and we take care of them. And when you notice changes, you know, you make yourself aware of those, and you take care of the, yeah. them or whatever." So surprisingly, after all of that, Randy and her were having a conversation and he just says, get out, go find a new place to live. I don't want to see you. Oh, so literally that day, she's fucking she hops in her car. She goes out. She's driving around looking for friend signs. She finds something and is basically like, I got to find a place, call, see, get out. I've got like a day. He doesn't even want me to come back. Like, I got to get out. I've got to go. So Anjum finds a new place. She moves out. There you and, go, Anjum. Huh? I said, there you go, Anjum. At this point, Randy says that she's not allowed to text 
the daughter, her, her girls, like don't text the girls. And if you're going to see them, you can only see them if I'm there. Like you're not allowed to see them without me and don't even text them. That's good, not like, up to him. And he's even like, he's even like, don't even text them good night. Like don't. Jesus. That controlling. Yeah, but they, that's not up to him. Go punch some drywall. So <laughs> this was about February of 2017. Is where we're at okay. now. Where when they when she finally moves out when and she gets her own place, free, yeah. she left the girls with him because that's really. I mean, they they wanted to stay there because it was a really nice place. It had their rooms, you know. That's like pulling them from their home. Yeah, and she was just right down the street. She knew she was close, so makes sense. And that's sort of really, I guess, where he kind of came out with that power of like. You only see what I'm here because they're living with me, but (laughs) bullshit, whatever. There's this weird side note thing that comes up in the middle of all this that is so random. And I I don't know why it happened, but and I'm not going to go into like a bunch of detail uh, about it because I don't have a bunch of information about it. But basically, Andrum hired an attorney in 2000 back in 2013. His name was Michael Clancy. To file a medical mail practice lawsuit against um, a hospital. And somehow, like, it comes out that, like, Randy finds out that she's having some sort of affair. Oh. At, with, with this guy. And was she? No. Uh. And he's, like, goes to his wife and goes to the, like, board of where he works and is, like, threatening him and doing all this stuff. And this guy, Michael Clancy, ends up committing suicide. Because he didn't want to lose his, like, career his practice, and his, his wife. He ended up shooting himself on February 4th, 2017. Jesus. Well, Andrum says she never slept with anybody other than her husband. And she's like, just because he connected me with him doesn't mean there was anything that happened. And there right. was not ever anything that happened. And I believe her. But it's just weird. There is this weird side story that you can, like, kind of find that kind of drags... Can could possibly drag her through the mud sure. as if she did something wrong and she didn't. Right. So they're in separate places now. Randy at this point decides he wants to fix the marriage. That's how I feel with that. How but, do you feel about it? That uh, <laughs> mm, got some of that got on me. And um, <laughs> really liked having her new independence. And when he was reaching out about it, she's kind of like, "I'm good." Like. Our marriage kind of sucked, and I kind of wanted out of it for fucking ever, so nah. Yeah. So, at one point after she's moved out, she went over to their house, well, the condo, where the girls and and Randy lives, to get some stuff. And he got super angry because he was talking about wanting to get back to her with her, and she was kind of like, same thing, no. I'll have no scorn like a douchebag, Uh you know what I mean? And he breaks her phone, and so she calls the police. On whose phone? Well, (laughs) no, she didn't have... I guess she got a fucking payphone. Something. I'm poking holes in this story, baby. She ain't had no phone. He did break her phone, so she ends up having... Well, he could have just... You know, he could have just thrown it down. It could still be a usable... It says she, like... It says that he He shattered it it and he broke it up, so she, like, was like, great, you don't even... He broke my fucking form of communication. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe she walked across the street to a fucking diner. I don't fucking know. She called the police. And I hope there was a diner across the street. She, so they come out. She's like, I don't want to file any charges. It's not that. That's not that. It's, you know, he's got my daughters. He's the father. He's good dad. I just want you to help me get my stuff. And so they do. They get it peacefully moving on. 
So two weeks later after that incident, Randy went back to his doctor because he still felt like his medication. Which he's been abusing and drinking his ass off with. Right. Was not working. So he goes back to his doctor and they give him stronger meds. As you do. Cool. And I'm talking like his like PCP. I'm not talking about like a therapist. Yeah. Which he probably, I don't, from all accounts I see, he wasn't really saying. He was just going to like his primary care doctor. Give me more, you know, whatever. I thought you said PCP and I was like trying to figure out what that meant. Or primary was, care physician. Or if he was just straight taken and then I was like, oh, family care or whatever. Primary care physician. Oh, okay. I understand medicine. Okay. Moving along. We are at March 10th, twenty. 17. Damn, this is right on the door. We this is this is like yesterday. It is not that old. Yeah. I know, and that's why it was crazy because I didn't know this story. It's rare to get a new story. And I'm you know surprised what I mean? that as much true crime as I listen to, like podcast wise or and stuff that I look at and whatever, that it, nobody else has done it. What happens in March 2017? Okay, our girl. She has a job, obviously. Yeah. Andrew's doing good. What's she, she doing now? Her job. Yeah. Oh, I said it at some point. I don't remember now. She had. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you listed off a it. thing of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was I doing can't. one of those things. She was doing. She's working. She's working. She was working. Let it work. So she started to get like all these long fucking texts from fucker face. Randy. He's a fucker face. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, fucker face. That might have been a little bit of spoilers. I feel like that was only we were probably gravitating in the direction of him doing some fucked up shit. So she was getting all these long texts from Randy saying sure. stuff like, I love you. I miss you. I love you. I'm going to fucking kill you. And she kept saying, you know, I can't text you back. I'm at work. And he was like, you don't have to text me back. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep texting you. And he relentlessly texts Texas, Texas, <laughs> Text. I'm going to just let that one go. <laughs> messages her. That's a hard text. Well, when you text us somebody, it just all goes through his y'alls and yeehaws. Shut up. So he keeps messaging her, message after message, all day. And like I said, he's like, you don't have to text me back. It's fine. I'm just going to blow your phone up just like every woman loves. psycho. Right. So at some point, she is like, this shit's real weird. Yeah. She's like, I think maybe, you know, I should get some of my, like, personal items that i need from the house from the condo that he still has like her social security card okay so her she, identity so that she could get like credit cards and yeah. stuff i don't really that's what she said but i don't really know that you need your social security you need it i mean you have to know your maybe she didn't know her social security number yeah. i don't know so she asks him for this stuff and he's like sure i'll bring it to you just like okay great he's in a good mood cool then he changes his mind and he's like never mind just come over and get everything whoops red and flag girl don't go over there she's like okay then she starts getting really bizarre texts that say things like come over so i can share my secrets because i have secrets too okay and she's like what the fuck are you what you know kind of sketched out uh-huh. then she gets off work and he sends her i i don't know if this was a text or call i think it was a text he says like call me when you're like 15 minutes from the condo uh, and she's like, okay, cool. I'll call you when I'm 15 minutes. You know, she's like, all right. And he's like, oh, also, you know, I changed the code for you to get in. That's just the secret. That's all it is. And that's all it is. So I'll come down and get you. So call me when you're 15 minutes out. Call me when you're here. I'm going to come down and get you. Okay. So he comes down and meets her. She gets there. He's not covered in blood or anything yet, right? No. Okay. Why would you think you that? You never know with Why you. would you think that? So he comes down to meet her. I don't know where the kids are, man. And he's like, oh, by the way, 
The girls are sleeping. Don't wake them. Don't bother them. They're totally And dead. she's like, it's it's a Friday night. And a lot of times they would come home and they just wanted to like chill and like nap, do their thing. So she comes, she goes into the condo. She sees Brittany. She's on the couch. She just sees her head and, you know, kind of just sees the top of her head. And she's like, I guess, you know, she doesn't really like look or whatever because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to wake her up. Mm-hmm. She says that she was watching Friends because she always loved to watch Friends. Friends was on the TV. She walks straight into the kitchen. I feel like it has not been Andrew's day, week, month, or even her She walks straight into the kitchen to get her paperwork because she sees it laying on the kitchen table. Okay. She goes, she's at the table, she's looking at the paperwork, and he says, turn around. She turns around, and there's a gun pointed, he's got a gun pointed at his head. At his head? At his head. She was like, I didn't even think it was real. I was so confused. And I said... This is a quote from her. What are you doing? You're going to wake up the girls. Like, she was just like, what? 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 You know, like, she didn't even think it was a real. She was just very yeah. confused. He then says. Oh, fuck. Oh. Just hit me. They're already dead. Randy, you piece of shit. So he turns away from her and starts walking away. She runs after him, grabs him, and is like, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, her, her mind, her world is blown. He turns around. He points the gun at her head. Stop it. And immediately from the gun being pointed at her head, she's then shot in the leg. He shoots her in the leg. He doesn't shoot her in the head, but he does shoot her. And from what I've read, I think that the gun might have hit both of her legs because a lot of things say like legs. She says leg, but I th- I'm thinking it like maybe Gray's one hit when sure. it hit. So she bullets, shot. Bullets she are is dangerous. now shot in the leg. So the. Where I'm going to go from this now is... You better go somewhere nice. No, 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 no. Is that there are 911 calls, which obviously I'm not going to play. <sighs> and actually, I don't, wa- I don't want to play. They are rough. I can usually do 911 calls. Sure. This one had me like... Fucked up. I was... Is he evil? I was he, trying like, not to... Him? Just wait. I was trying not to cry. Like when I was driving, listening to it, I was trying not to cry. Like it kind, it got me. I don't know. It's not that I don't know why. It just like this. Sure. Is, it got me. It's another sunshiny one over here. That we drink and we know things. <clears throat> I know. I'm sorry. So I'm not gonna like verbatim read the 911 call back and forth because it's a lot of. But I'm gonna like. I don't know what that was. It's a lot. It's just. It's a lot. <laughs> 911. What's because she's <laughs> so okay. So she calls 911. And that's kind of what I'm going to briefly go over right now. She's shot in the leg. Where's he at? Wait. Just wait. I have questions. So she calls 911. And immediately she says, please, somebody help now. They say, where do you need help? She says, St. Charles. And they're like, where in St. Charles? And she's just like, oh my God, my husband just shot my kids. And the dispatcher just keeps saying, like, okay, you know, we'll help you. What is it? Where are you? God damn and she's it. like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm at 406. Please help me. And they're like, ma'am, what's your address? Where are you at? She's, oh, my God. Like, ma'am, where are you? And she's screaming. I mean, she's been shot. Her husband just told her that he shot. The, like, she's like, what the fuck? What you know the what fuck? I mean? And I'm real stressed out. They about keep where he's asking at. her, they're like, where are you? Where are you? And she's she's hyperventilating. And they're like, ma'am, I can help you, but I need to know where you're at. She says, 
please call 911. Please, I can't remember my address. So she's like in such she's a state so of shock. She can't even out. remember this. Her, her at the address. Oh, dude. And he says, okay, could it be 450 South 1st Street? And she's like, 450 First Street, yes. He asks what apartment. She's like, 406, my girls are dead. He says, okay, stay on the phone. I'm going. And she's like, my girls are dead. Like, she's just like tr- processing this all at the same time that she's also been And they're shot. just dead on the fucking couch? She hasn't seen them. So, but she saw one of them's little head. She saw one of them laying on the couch. Oh, Jesus. Thinking she was sleeping. Maybe they were. Maybe so maybe he's just a real and prankster. she's just like oh my god oh my god you know freaking out and he's like the medics are gonna come you know hang on hang on and she's like i'm gonna die i'm gonna and she's like hyperventilating oh my please my girls are dead oh my god oh my god he's like all right ma'am i got the medics on their way keep him from the phone number you're calling me from she's screaming i this was like one of the worst 911 calls i've ever listened to and the thing there's multiple so but they're asking where he is, and she's like, he's in the back room. I don't know what he's done. And they're like, ma'am, are you safe where you are? Do you know where he is? He said, he killed my girls. He fucking killed my girls. Like, she's screaming. It is really awful. It's really, you can't hear, like, all of it. So that goes on very, I mean, good God. It's like a 10-minute 911 call. And then Randy calls 911. So she's still on the phone with 911. Now okay. Randy calls 911. Okay. Right when he answers, right when, or as he's calling, when it's ringing, you hear him say, I want you to live and suffer like I did. So the dispatcher answers his 911 call and he says, I just shot and killed my two kids and I shot my wife and I'm going to shoot myself now. Like, what address are you at? What? Da, da, da. He gives the address. He says, I'm going to kill myself now too. My two girls are dead and I'm killing myself. And dispatcher's like, sir, 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 you know, obviously trying to like stop him, get, but, uh, so I'm going to kill myself. Like, all right, so 450 South 1st Street at St. Charles, sir, sir, stay on the line with me, sir, hello. He hears him load the gun and he hears a shot. Jesus the 911. Fuck. So then there's another 911 call that I'm not going to read because it's long and it's basically a neighbor hears the gunshot, comes over and helps her. Okay. And is kind of just on the on the 911 call like she's like I, I don't know. I think it's the mother, you know, and this other this third person is really helping with this third 911 call. So, Randy shot his wife in the leg and has shot and killed both of his daughters with a single headshot. Um one of the daughters, I think I can't remember which was which, but I think Brittany was laying on the couch watching Friends, and uh, Tiffany was, this is so sad, in her bed watching music videos because she loved music so much. Oh, man. He then went into the bathroom, got into the bathtub, with 911 still on the phone, with the phone sitting on the bathtub, shot himself and killed himself. In the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Randy and the girls are now, have, have died, and... She's taken to the hospital and can you imagine now has to deal with just being. This. Can you imagine just being her by, by herself in that apartment? No, no. I mean, in those moments it's afterwards, not, it's she's lucky that the neighbor she's heard the shot. Bleeding I mean, her them being in a, in a condo. I guess they probably had attached walls, so like sure. you know the yeah. and fucking brave for that neighbor. She fucking heard the gunshot and ran into the. Un- I would be like. 
you guys okay? Like, I don't you know that I would just how it goes. call 911. I don't know that I would run in yeah. when I hear gunshots Jesus. or whatever. So she's helping her. It's just chaos. And it's so fucking sad. And that's really all I have for the murder part of it because the murder-suicide because well, obviously there's no trial. Yeah. He committed suicide. But one of the last fuck yous he had was that before he did all this, he changed his $500,000 life insurance policy to go to his brother and his close friend, Terry Spurgeon. What the so, fuck? Fuck you. No. Give it to after her. After she gets fuck out of you. the hospital, she's like, I'm dealing with all this. I'm in so much grief. And I'm also struggling to figure out how I'm going to pay to bury my daughters. In August of what 2017. Fuck? In August of 2017. So it's about five months after the murder-suicide Anjum sued. Well, she was suing the, I guess, the, I don't know, whoever you sue for that kind of stuff. Um, arguing that her estranged husband suffered from mental illness and was not of sound mind when he made the change and that she should receive the money, which by all fucking means, of course, she fucking, fucking should. Yeah. She lost her fucking daughters. They ended up reaching a settlement in the late, late September. I guess she sued in August. They ended up releasing, releasing? That's not a word. Reaching a settlement in that September where $250,000 went to Russell Coughlin, which was his brother, which he didn't even fucking talk to his brother. I yeah. guess that was just another fuck you to her. Yeah. $150,000 went to Anjum and 100000 went to his friend Terry, who was actually a female. Hmm. I just want to say, like, if you're those people, if you're the brother or friend and you know that she... Give her the money. Are you fucking kidding me? Give You're actually going to claim it? Yeah. That's fucked up, That's dude. That's super fucked up. <sighs> so, I'm going to just kind of close it off with a few statements from her because she has done, like, interviews and stuff after the fact. And powerful, I just, I want to end it on a positive note and I want to no. end it on the girls and their beautiful lives and her being a survivor and not this fuck face. In this one little video interview I was watching... She pulled out Brittany and Tiffany pictures of Brittany and Tiffany and like their first Halloween costumes. God damn. She had their newborn hats and she even kept the paper boxes from their first McDonald's Happy Meals. That's some shit you would do. She said, I even kept the border that was on the wall from their baby rooms. She still lives in Illinois um, in the condominium that she moved in a month before the murders. She's made the place her own which was something that she was not able to do when she had that place with her fucking asshole husband. Yeah, fuck him. Um, at one point, she's like in this interview, she's pointing to pictures of Brittany and Tiffany in the NICU. And she recalled that it was really hard to tell them apart in the beginning, but that you you eventually get used to it. So they were so tiny. I was scared to hold them because they were, you know, I guess they were premature. Yeah. Oh, also, so when he did this, it was four days before Brittany and Tiffany's 17th birthday. And she just says that last year is almost a blur. She's 48 at this time of this interview. Um, she's just said it's really starting to hit. So this would have been like a year ago or I guess two. Yeah, probably a year yeah. ago. She says now it's really starting to hit what happened and that things are really getting tougher. She said she gets up and goes to work every day as a temporary housing agency. Or, sorry, at a temporary housing agency. She returned to work just three months after the tragedy, saying it helped her to get out of the house and get back to, to a routine. She said, I've learned to live on my own. It's okay to have someone in your life to support you, but I will not rely on anyone else anymore. Which is really sad. 
she said that she had to make a lot of decisions during her extreme grief and that she regrets a lot of those those decisions now. And she chose to have everything in the apartment where the murders occurred thrown away. She just likes get rid of everything yeah, is what she told her friends, obviously, when it happened. But she said now she wishes she had kept like the girls journals or some of their clothes. She ended up having a really close friend that was also um, pa- uh, from Pakistan. Her name was Ahern. I might be pronouncing that wrong. A-H-E-A-R-N. And her friend says, I would go to her house at like 1 o'clock in the morning when she was having a breakdown. No one was there to help her out. Being a mom of kids, I can't imagine that happening. She said, I gave her a key to my house um, because she would have such bad dreams and that she would slip into her friend's bed and cry. So she would like come over to her this friend that she made in her house and like slip into her bed and just use that as, you know. Comfort. Yeah. Lastly, I've got just a couple more things. They're buried at a cemetery just a little ways drive from her house, very close. And she goes every Sunday and visits them. Oddly enough, they her husband is, it's it's a big uh, he's tombstone. He's there too. It's him. And then her name, obviously, without dates. And then the two girls. Jesus. And she they felt like that was another decision that she made too quickly was to put him in the same plot. But she says that she remains firm. She is not going to be buried next to him because it's him, her, the two girls. She said, I will be put on the opposite side next to my girls. I won't be put next to him. Oh, yeah. And his last wish, 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 last wish. his last wish was to be cremated. And so she, she said, ass. no, you're going to be buried next to our daughters. And he, she said, quote, you're going to be next to your daughters and tell them what you did. And she still places flowers on his grave every Sunday when she goes and puts it on the girl. She said, because, quote, can I ever forgive him? No, never going to happen. I put flowers on his grave because he was a good father before the murder- murders. But I do not talk to him. So she says that she talks to her girls, but she doesn't talk to him. A lot of people think it would be a terrible reminder and a painful memory for her to still live in St. Charles. But, and she passes that home every day on her way to work. But she says, quote, I have no other family. My girls were my family. Of course I can move somewhere else and it would be easier. I love the fact that they walked these streets. They love St. Charles. I always want to cherish the memory and that they were here. And for the girl's 18th birthday party in the, that, that past March, she threw a party, invited the entire community, and around 100 people showed up to cut a cake in honor of the girls. And lastly, I know I've already said lastly again, but... <laughs> Third last... What is it? P-S-S-S? No, just this last thing I want to say I just thought was sweet. Um, I don't think it's morbid enough yet, so... She got her first and last tattoo, but she said she never wanted to, but she did it for them. On her forearm, she got the words, I am okay if you're okay right next to a music note. She said the words are from a song by Seven Minutes in Heaven, one of Britney's favorite bands. And underneath the words are the twins' names and dates of the birth and death are written. She said they love music and I really wanted this to be something I've never done. And I wanted my girls to know that mom is okay because you guys are okay. She said, I will survive this somehow. I won't let them down. Wow. Wow. Easy. It's going to be an easy one to follow. I know, that's a, no worries. I hope I you know, guys are psyched. I know that's heavy, but like, I... That just happened in 2017. Yeah, very, very heavy is what I'll say. That is very, very heavy. I just, for the sake of 
her being This is a becoming strong... like a family murder podcast. Uh, no, it's not. I promise I won't do that next. But she said she's so strong. Like, even yeah. just watching the interviews with her. No, yeah. Andrew's a badass. And the fact sure. that she is just... I don't even... It's crazy. It's amazing what you can survive, man. Anyway. I know. I don't want to say good job. Why? Because that was that was a terrible story. <laughs> you did great. Say, like, okay, John. You did fine. Yes, you did fine. You did fine. <laughs> so, yeah. God bless her. And yeah. And those poor girls. For sure. Anyway, you ready to hear about something uh-huh. also morbid? <laughs> well, I'm ready to, ha- to listen and drink and not talk about all that awful shit. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. This evening, we're mm-hmm. going to Scotland. Scotland. We're going to Scotland tonight. Hey. Did you do this on purpose so that you could do a Scottish accent? I didn't intentionally, and I'm going to try not to do a bunch of Scottish accents, but uh, <laughs> we shall see. Good luck. I we- hope yours uh, yours might be depressing too, but sorry, mine was so depressing. Uh, so this evening, we're going to Scotland, and we are going to learn about the great maritime mystery of the missing lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore. Can you say that without an accent? I didn't use an accent. Eileen Moore is the Eileen Moore. <laughs> the great missing... What? Uh, so... <laughs> the great missing lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore? Correct. Oh, yes. calling. Eileen Moore is a very small, craggy island. It's a tiny little dude in a series of smaller islands that make up the Flannan Isles around 60 miles away from the mainland coast of Scotland. Okay. Super small island. It's only about 40 acres total, and it's only about a quarter of a mile wide. Wow. It's it's So it's a series of islands, but Eileen Moore specifically is the one we're going to be focused on this particular evening. The southern end of Eileen Moore is made up of cliffs that are all over 150 foot tall. And the northern side of the island are have cliffs that are about 200 feet. The island is mostly uninhabited. There are only a few buildings on Eileen Moore. There is a lighthouse. I guess it could only be a few. It's not very big. It's a very small little place, yeah. There is a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. There is a little place for the lighthouse workers to live. And there is this old... To live? Oh, they live on They live there. That's kind of what this is about. Oh, okay. So, this is back in the day when this happens. Okay. Like... Back. We're going back. Like 1800s? We're going back, baby. 1900s? We're going back, baby. 1700s? We're not going that far back. Okay. <laughs> so there's the lighthouse, the little place for the lighthouse workers to live, as well as there is this super ancient uh, ramshackled chapel. So an old bro- Ramshackled? Ramshackled. From, and we can, we'll talk a little bit about the chapel, but not at any great length. It's just that at some point, a very long time ago, it was inhabited lightly this island that's all we really have to go on right Uh the lighthouse was new not an old lighthouse from the perspective of this story so there'd been a bunch of shipwrecks against the islands uh the flannan islands which is where the story takes place so the lighthouse commission board have this lighthouse built because of all the wrecks because of all the wrecks and that was built and that was built when 1895 is when 1895 is when they could is when they're like hey we're gonna build this guy long time ago but such it was such a, a shit. long time ago. It was a long time ago, right? <laughs> Sorry. It took us a long time to build a fucking thing. It took us four fucking years. It took them two years longer than they had intended to build this thing. What? Because of how shit the location was. So keep in mind, sixty miles away from 
mainland Scotland and 40 miles away from the nearest port. Outside of that, it's thousands of miles of just open ocean. Uh-huh. So when they were building it, did those people like live on the island? I assume it? so, yeah. yeah. I assume so. I, that's a, they I wouldn't have stayed there the whole time uh, from what I kind of came to understand. So it's finally finished in 1800. Oh, maybe weather too. Weather was shit out there. They could only do build. Yeah. yeah. There's high winds, waves, Wolf. ocean. It's It's not very hospitable. You know, mm-hmm. so the lighthouse finally finished in 1899. Uh, the I the wow. sorry, the lighthouse was built 120 on, years ago. It was 117 years ago by the time we finished the story. Yeah. Well, that it was finished built. It was 120. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. The lighthouse was built on the northeastern tip of the island. This lighthouse is huge. Mm-hmm. It's 75 feet tall, and it's already on top of a very high above sea level island. I don't know. What's like the average of a lighthouse? Is that... I have I assume, no idea. I assume that's probably pretty standard. Yeah. But for the time, that was Yeah. Probably. And this is one of those things, as I said, this was back in the day. So this wasn't like on... Flip a light switch, turn a light switch off. This was actually steam powered. Okay. So it took a lot of work. Yeah. And as such, there's a couple of dudes that work the lighthouse and they stay in this super humble little place that sits right next to the lighthouse. So it's done by fire? So as I understand it, it was steam powered. That's how they powered it. So it took a gaggle of dudes, a, a gaggle of humans mm-hmm. to do it. The lighthouse. I'm has, assuming for the time it was probably all dudes. <laughs> yeah. And per what they said, we'll get back into this. This was considered a modern lighthouse. It had all, wow. the, all the bells and whistles of a modern. There's a, it's a, I don't understand fuck all about what it took to operate an old school lighthouse, but it was not an easy job. It took some, it took some pretty skilled laborers. Well, and having to live on that tiny-ass island out in the middle of fucking nowhere, that sounds awful. Yes, correct. How it how that worked was, at all times, there were three people working the lighthouse. And one person, so it was a four-person crew. Okay. One person's always rotating out for a two-week vacation. To leave the island? So whenever one guy gets back... So they get to leave for They get weeks. to leave. Oh, so so what, uh, what happens, and we'll get into this because this actually comes sorry. into the logistics. Okay. A boat comes, wow. restocks the lighthouse. Restock- I was going to say, I was wondering about like, food and stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's inhospitable. Oof. The only thing it's growing is grass and bullshit out here. They must be bringing me a ton of boxed wine. Yes. There's actually no mention of alcohol in this entire story. Yeah, I'm going to have to scrap it and start over. <laughs> so as I said, they're always going out for a two-week sabbatical because it's one a, it's of the four one of the four okay so it's very stressful work well, yeah it's, so i guess that would be like you work like a month and then get i wonder do you know how much time well, they had I mean, on and off? if if one dude's always rotating it would be what every six weeks every six or eight weeks yeah every six or eight Ooh. weeks i think you would be going home but you're also 60 miles away yeah before a lot of modern transportation so it's probably a shit journey Ugh. either way I'm, dig- I'm digressing. Yeah, that's probably like a fucking hours boat ride. And while it was a state-of-the-art to the time place, there mm-hmm. was no infrastructure. There was no telegrams. There was no radio. There was no oh, communicating yeah. with the outside world. When those guys were there, they were isolated. They were there. Okay, the I shining. I just want to really impress that. This is the that. shining of the lighthouse. 
That I mean, is a the great lighthouse of the, the sh- shining of the lighthouse. The There's the name of the this episode. Because guess version. what lighthouses do, bro? They no, fucking shine. Didn't even... You didn't even get your own pun. No, I'm lock uh, it up. This is the the shining, the lighthouse version of the shining right now. Right. So it's four guys. It's three guys on a deserted island, in shitty conditions, with no way of communicating with the outside world. What could go wrong? Then they get to get out for two weeks and then come back. So ne- next, I'll kind of tell you a few little things about the crew members. Okay. That that were manning the lighthouse. Right after this bad boy got started, okay? The principal keeper was James Ducat, which I think is just a badass title. Principal Keeper. I'm the Principal Keeper. Sounds like somebody who's holding a principal for hostage. (laughs) I keep all my principles. I'm a principal keeper. So he was 43 years old. He had been doing lighthouse work for over 20 years at this point. He must have hated his wife. Well, they get paid. And from what I understand, like a dude on his level, like he was running the whole lighthouse he's the operation. He's the top guy, the he's top He's the dow. GM. He's running this bitch. Okay. Okay, so yeah, he's married and he's got a few kids. Oh, okay. Our For next real. guy is my man, Thomas Marshall, who was the second assistant keeper. Okay, now hold on. There is a first assistant keeper, but we'll get to him. He's not on the island right now. You got the principal keeper, the assistant keeper, the second assistant keeper? Essentially, like first two, second two, kind of thing. So, Thomas Marshall... You just referenced um, Below I'm very... I'm not taking it back. I referenced how how hospitality works on ships. Uh, This is a maritime maritime story. You referenced (laughs) how hospitality works on... Super yachts. Yachts. Which I assume is a Where did you learn that from? Below Deck. What's good? I'm not sure. Yeah, we watch Below Deck. Fucking great show. Hashtag... Bravo. Don't hashtag right now. I'm telling sponsor a very us? old story. Yeah, like Bravo would fucking sponsor us. Thomas Marshall, who was the second assistant keeper. And as I said, there was a first assistant keeper. But we're not worried about him yet. Okay. Our guy Thomas was 28 years old Ooh. and was just a bachelor on the grind. Just working his yeah. way up, you know? I feel like that would be the only way to do that. Correct. Our third guy was part-timer Donald McArthur, who was 40 years old and filling in for the first assistant yeah. keeper. And that guy was out on an extended sick leave. He had been out, he was out of rotation for a little while. Bringing up the rear is our guy Joseph Moore, who on the date of December 26th in the year 1900, 100. 1900? <laughs> Not hundreds, Just hundreds. Like the whole hundred years. He was there for the whole hundred years, y'all. And every, <laughs> every time December 26th. December 26th, 1900 was chilling on the deck of the Hesperus, which was the relief ship stocked with supplies and messages from home as it's made as it made its way to Eileen Moore. So Joseph Moore headed to Eileen Moore to relieve one of his homies and take he's back his mantle. To the he's one of the crew to take supplies. Yes, he's on the supply ship. He's okay. coming into for rotation. Okay. I made. The, I realized when I did that, I was like, I wrote that kind of a little too literally, and it was meant to be read in my head. So <laughs> I think it made sense though. I'm sure in 1890, whatever. Oh, there's going to be a lot of ancient been, they jargon. They would have said chilling. <laughs> he was... Chilling on the, the supply deck. <laughs> he was sequestered elegantly upon the deck, deep and pensive thought Stop. about the coming weeks and All the right, raging seas. tell me about seas. these people. Okay. The ship, which, as I said, was the Hesperus, which is the relief ship, which is coming oh, in to relieve... You said that. I did. I definitely said Hesperus. Oh, I think I must have missed you. You that got being distracted by chilling. I said, oh, on the yeah. deck of the Hesperus? He's on the deck. Hesperus. Hesperus. Huh. I think it's like a Greek god. There's some weird names to these boats. Is and also Scottish? a lot of this a lot of this will probably yeah, exactly. A lot of this will probably be Gaelic actually and I'm just butchering everything. Oh, good. 
the ship got closer to the island, and my guy Joseph Moore, he starts to notice that some shit is off at the lighthouse. Something's weird. From the, As he's coming in, to, he's coming into port, right? Is it daytime? It's daytime. So the lighthouse would be off. That's not weird. Yeah. He notices that there, there's not a flag out. They always have like different corresponding flags to kind of go with the weather. And they, oh. there was no flag out. Who are those for? Passerbys. It's a lighthouse. It's made for that shit. Okay. Also for them. And for the stage, I don't, as I said, I don't understand for the fineries. Boats coming in, maybe I don't. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't. Nobody's know. really docking here except yeah, for relief. It's more just. It's. I pack. assume it's for maintenance and stuff like this, and so they don't crash into it. Really, sure. Well, it's just a flag. and It's a flagpole. No, I meant the lighthouse. It's mainly so they don't crash into this island because that's all those exactly are the purpose. Into of, the that's island, exactly so the purpose maybe of the when lighthouse. The the flag just helps with the. So yeah. the flagpole is not is missing its flag. Also, there's no welcome party. The keep fuck? in keep in mind. I will note. And I'll bring this up a few more times. They were a day late due to weather. And a dollar short. They were many dollars short. (laughs) Normally, they would have their storage bins where they put all their resources, like, already on the dock so they could just load it on the boat. Bye, guys. We got dollies. We'll move it in. And the people coming to replenish along with the guy to switch out. Switch out. They're a day late. One guy's going to be... They're they're a day late. Ah. So, okay, maybe you guys aren't expecting us. Because we're daily, but you would be even more eager, I would think. Yeah, or like you didn't, we didn't come yesterday, so you pulled it all back. Yes. So well, that'd be stupid. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too ahead. I don't want to get too all ahead. Right, cool. So they're seeing these signs that something's off. So okay, maybe there's been some crazy weather. Everybody's sleeping. Let's just sound the horn. Let them know we're here. Maybe they're just all. Maybe something's happened. You know, maybe something's happened and we don't know. Like maybe somebody's injured. Something is going on. But even still, you would think. There would be some sign. But they have no Even form the fla- of contact? I actually, I think the flagpole was to be like, is part of the welcoming procedure hmm. when you're receiving goods. Okay. You know, it's just like a, yeah, I don't know. But they, because they have no, they have no form of contact. No means of communicating with the outside world. None whatsoever. Okay, in a carrier <laughs> So the ship, the crew of the Hesperus sound a horn. Like, we're fucking here, you guys. Come on. We're the show. We're bringing you food and stuff. Toot, toot. Hey, guys, not to be dicks, but we're here. Toot, toot. Are you sleeping? Yeah, we're here. Toot, toot. Silence. Nobody's coming out. Nothing's happening. No movement. Also, it's, as I said, it's daylight, The it's, uh-huh. so nothing's operating. Uh-huh. The captain. The captain. <laughs> the captain captured the captain. The captain. <laughs> the captain. Uh, the captain of the Hesperus landed a small boat to investigate the scene. Joseph Moore, who was the guy coming to get back onto a ship, he works there. So he's going to be really familiar with the area. He goes with this boat to investigate. Is he, he laid... the one who was sick? No, we never see that guy. Oh, okay. We he's never just, see that guy. The, it's just the other, the fourth guy. The only reason I wanted out. to bring light to that is that that guy. <gasps> bring light to a light puns all day. Lighthouse? Douglas MacArthur, who is the part-timer, mm-hmm. is often referred to not by name, but as like the sometimer or the part-timer somewhere okay. in the story. Joseph wrote about the experience two days later in a memo outlining his experience. Keep in mind, motherfuckers wrote everything down back in the day. And, and I don't know if he was mandated to or anything in regards to this, but everybody kept pretty meticulous notes and everything is going to be kind of in an old school verbiage. Well, I think is, at that time, they, if, if it was like a job thing that had to like most mo- mu- yeah. write down like what happened when, when they changed shifts record and stuff keeping. like, because there was no we'll way We'll get into the, that. yeah, there oh, is okay. actually some record keeping and stuff. Oh, okay. Anyway, 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 this is what he says. Mm-hmm. Captain Harvey, who's the captain of the boat that they're on, the Hesperus, 
deemed it prudent to lower a boat and land a man if it was possible. I was the first to land, leaving Mr. McCormick the buoy master. So that's just a random dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, and the men in the boat till I could return. So he goes solo dolo into the quiet. Don't, how do they normally get on the... They don't normally land on the island? There's normally people there to help them do that on the other I, side. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, and keep in mind, it's it's December. In, in the I don't know what's the it? Atlantic That's in the cold. middle of the ocean. Yeah. It's cold. It's gross. Yeah. So he goes up there by himself. He says, I went up to the lighthouse and on coming to the entrance gate, I found it closed. I made for the entrance door leading to the kitchen and storeroom and found it also closed and the door inside that. So everything's sealed up. Mm-hmm. He can get in, but everything's sealed Nothing's up. locked, but closed. Yeah. The only thing, thing that's open is the kitchen door. On entering, I looked in at the fireplace and saw that the fire was not lighted for some days. Oh. So whatever's what? going on, people have been gone from. Well, they haven't been in the kitchen for a couple of days. But they. And would... that's how you would eat. Mm-hmm. I entered the rooms in succession and found the beds empty, just as they might have left them in the morning. Hmm. I did not take time to search further, for I naturally well knew that something serious had occurred. Oh. I darted outside and made for the landing. I informed Mr. McCormick, who's our buoy master? Do not forget. He's the guy I think which is running master the master of who's the like, buoy. I think that's the dude that keeps the small boat. I informed Mr. McCormick that the place was deserted. He, with some men, came up so as to make sure. But unfortunately, the first impression was the only true one. Mr. McCormick and myself proceeded to, to the light room which is the lighthouse, where you light the lighthouse. I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> where everything was in proper order. The lamp was clean, the foundation full, blinds on the windows, etc. So nothing is fucked up in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. He also notes that he saw Donald's, who was, who, now Donald's our part-time guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That his coat was still hanging up on the hook. The other two dudes, their coats were gone. His coat. And you know what they fucking, you say, all Donald coat check never left his coat. That's an I want to say I've heard a lot of them. That's a new one. <laughs> he also knows that he saw Donald's coat, who's our part-timer dude, on a nearby hook saying, "It shows as far as I know that MacArthur went out in his shirt sleeves." So just in his regular clothes, Obviously. and it's dead a winter on the fucking water. No sign of them I mean, anywhere. What the fuck? They're just gone. And they've searched everywhere. Every, well, Did they look under they the ju- bed. They just got there. Yeah. They went out for to and somebody ate all their porridge. And... <laughs> oh my god. But if you can imagine Look, the scene, like it's 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 crazy. I like I saw this funny meme that was something like uh the story of the three bears and it said if there were three bears, that means that there was marriage trouble because if there were three beds, that means that the mommy and daddy father weren't sleeping <laughs> in the same bed. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, sorry. I mean what the fuck? What the fuck? So what happens next is the captain of the Hesperus leaves those dudes on the island Uh, he makes them aware but he's like i gotta go back and send a telegram i gotta go 60 fucking miles back to actually it's 40 miles to the nearest port how about we all go back because we don't know where the fuck what the fuck well so our dude who works there knows the place very well so he's like we'll continue to investigate it's pretty it happens pretty fast i know but i'd be like well i don't know okay you know all right you know who knows what happens next well you do because you're about to tell me please he leaves them there and goes to the nearest port and sends a telegram 
to the lighthouse board. It's just who he works for, it's who they all work for. Oh, the lighthouse board. This became, in the time, a famous telegram. Stop. That's what I hear. Things are bad. Stop. Everything's going wrong. Stop. It's raining. Stop. Lighthouse. Okay, here we go. A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. Three, the three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the Occasional. So that's our part-time guy. The Occasional. They called him the Occasional. Poor dude. Don't even get his name. He's a, sad. He's a normie. That's sad. They have disappeared from the island. <laughs> Sorry, I had that. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land Moore, who's our guy Joseph Moore, mm-hmm. who's going back on, okay, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. It's just all the verbiage is so cool. Mm-hmm. The occasional, the keeper. Um, all the while, just like... Oh my God, yeah. I also forgot to mention, Yeah. this is arguably one of the more interesting pieces to all of this. I'm sorry. This wasn't in his piece, but he, it's in his telegram and I remembered. All the clocks had stopped in the lighthouse. How many clocks were there? A lot what of if there was just one? It's one and come to find oh, out. All the clocks had stopped. It was, there was one, but they all stopped. Technically. No, so the, all the clocks had stopped and there were more than one because they had to keep yeah. pretty rigid time for oh, the lighthouse yeah. stuff. Oh, and as I was saying, I bet they had to like no We're going to get to that. Stuff. We're going to, yeah. And also, was that pocket watch time? Did they have pocket watches? I'm there? certain it was, but based on how rugged the terrain is and how delicate pocket watches are, they probably weren't fucking with them. Oh. It's gross out there. Well, I'm just thinking about yeah. clocks. Anyway, sorry. I was just thinking about clocks. I was just thinking about clocks. Anyway, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> and no keepers there. The clocks were stopped and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows. They must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. What? Night coming on. We could not wait to make further investigation, but we'll go off again tomorrow morning and try to learn something as to their fate. Who said it was this? Who said this? This is the captain of the Hesperus, who was the relief ship, who was bringing Joseph Moore and all their goods. Oh, that was part of his thing that he was he, That was still him. the telegram. He's just yeah. saying, like, he's just assuming he's just that there assuming was some sort of accident. Happened. Yeah. What? Okay. These dudes are on the island for a few days. So Joseph Moore and the, the buoy master and a couple other dudes, they're on the island for a few days and they're just trying to figure shit out. Buoy master. He's a buoy master. It just makes me think of Ghostbusters. Like the I hope key I'm saying master. that right. A, yeah. Well, I like the verbiage. It's so cool. I wish we were still as cool. The gatekeeper. Yeah. They don't find too much initially. Joseph, and it mentions Joseph Moore had been off for the previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the he would have fresh eyes when walking on the island. And he found a few things to be off. He found that a box used for mooring rope, so like storing rope, mm-hmm. was missing. It's like normally wedged into this corner too, and it's missing. He found that... Also, one of the cranes used to carry stocks up to the steam tramway, which also, I don't understand what that means, so don't ask me. There's a bunch of technical things that he finds to be wrong, like a big storm mm-hmm. or something big happened. Okay. There's damage to like, the lighthouse. The lighthouse is damaged. Okay, but it seems as if like if that thing was like wedged in a spot and that was pulled out, everything, everything would be pulled out. It wouldn't just be that one box. There, that's what's really interesting about this is that Actually, I'll, I'll reserve my comments. So, December 29th, so this is a few days. They got there the 26th, so three days later, this dude from the Lighthouse Board comes. He was Robert Muirhead. Muirhead. Muirhead? I listened to two podcasts. Robert Muirhead. And I've read many articles. Muirhead. Robert, Robert Muirhead. I really just want to call him Moorhead the whole time. Muirhead. He kept demanding people, like, do stuff for him. Anyway. 
the, uh, so he confirms the original report that yes, they they're missing. Everything seems in order from what they Well, obviously said. they're fucking missing. There's only so much island. He also noted a few other things as he did in his own report. He did kind of an internal investigation. But like, there wasn't the, it didn't look like There was so much shit everywhere like it looked like a fucking obviously it wouldn't have been a burglary, but like it, yeah. it didn't look like a a tornado or a burglary. Correct. Like it just it was like weird little shit was moved yes. and whatever. Yes. That's so fucking weird. So Yes, that okay. is the whole, that's this whole thing. Okay. That's, you just, you're already in on what this whole thing is. Okay. So Muirhead, <laughs> yeah. He also, so he does a, he does like the official investigation for, for the Lighthouse Board. For anybody who isn't from Kentucky, we have Moorhead University. Sure. And so I think that's why yeah. we were both like more Muirhead. Also, it's funny because it makes you think about wanting Moorhead. Moorhead. No, dirty. You know, who doesn't? <laughs> uh he also notices that there's a life buoy missing. So it's like a lifeboat. There's like a life. There's a whole thing. That rope is missing. There's also a lifeboat missing. He Why also, didn't the buoy master notice the buoy? Because he's master of his own buoy. Not every <laughs> buoy. So this guy works for the lighthouse board. So he knows every nook and cranny of this lighthouse. He knows mm-hmm. everything going on with it. And he notices that there's a lifeboat missing. Where it was meant to be tied up is how he notes that it's missing. He's like, oh, this is supposed to be tied up here. It's mm-hmm. not. What's going on? Mm-hmm. He also notes that there's a huge stone in the pathway from the dock to the lighthouse is like a downed stone that weighs almost a ton. So something big. A ton. Maybe happened. It's 2,000 pounds. That you can't even like roll that. Yeah. So that's pretty much just like, that's a big fucking rock. I bet it's a ton. Yeah. But even if it was, if it was a storm or something, it wouldn't just knock the heaviest shit over it. Everything would be fucking. Right. Everything would be disheveled. Yeah. But there is certain things, like this is a fairly large lighthouse. There's a lot of things that could be damaged. Do you know what I'm saying? So hold on, we'll get to that. Yeah, I know, just in my head, I'm picturing like, this thing's moved, this stone's here. Yeah. But like, if you were to walk into a house or something that had been um, severely upset by a storm or a robbery, like... It's not going to be the heaviest stuff. Sure. However, all I'm trying to all I'm trying to really get at is that they noticed that there was some shit awry. No, no, I get that. You know, for sure. like things I'm were just, a little bit fucked up. As me listening to the story and maybe the listeners as well, I'm just breaking it down as if like I'm trying to figure out what it is. So I'm like, well, I wouldn't think a storm because why would the heaviest stuff be moved? Sure. Yeah. So then he gets into the log books. It's a simple little organizer used to keep track of the weather, work, the comings and goings, and the just general run of the run of the operation. Everything in the logbook was perfectly maintained up until the 13th of December. The logs for the 14th and 15th were written out, but not into the book. They were drafted off to the side. Originally, it said they were drafted in chalk and were going to be later put in. So there's maybe like a this day we're going to write everything in chalk, we're going to write everything in chalk, and then on this day I'll put everything in. Yeah, some notes. On yeah. The side. So there's dates from the 13th, 14th, and 15th, 15th being the last of any record record of the lighthouse keepers. It tells of a morning's work well done. There's nothing odd noted. The only thing is that the day is not completed. They talk about having their breakfast. They talk about getting every, everything's, everything's moving along smoothly. And then the last kind of thing happens around noon. And sunset at this point in time, at this time of year, is like 4 p.m. Oh. So they need to have the lighthouse Whoa. lit. So Muirhead, he assumes that whatever happened, happened on the 15th. 
mm-hmm. on the afternoon of the 15th. This is crazy because there's a ship that passed by that night, the island, and the lighthouse was not lit. And they also commented that the weather was storming, but not ridiculous. You know, like not gale force, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. He said that the island, he noted that the island didn't have, because he keeps records too, and he said that the lighthouse wasn't lit. Yeah, that night, well, luckily he didn't crash. Ha- I mean, yeah, how do you even see it? That I also guess means the light, that maybe they had a light on the ship or something. 10, 11 days that it wasn't lit before anybody figured it out. Oh, wait. You know what, what? I mean? It had never. We it hadn't been lit. There's no been nobody around since the fifteenth. Oh, so it yeah, hadn't been lit. I see what you're you know, in a long time. I see what you're saying. Yeah. This is kind of the last. Well, the last known sighting of the lighthouse is on the fifteenth, and it wasn't lit. And it wasn't lit. He notes it, and that's all we find out. But then you know there could have been a lot of ships that passed and that didn't, didn't even know, know there was it was there because yeah. it wasn't lit up. Like they didn't get wrecked into. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bucket of theories from here in regards to what really happened. Which we can touch on on the in the end. Yeah. The official report was that there was a storm that was so powerful that it fucked up parts of the lighthouse, and due to that chaos, our guys run outside to try to fix things and were washed away what? or struck by a wave. What? Final reports state the following: After a careful examination of the place, the railings, the ropes, etc., and weighing all the evidence I could secure, I am of the opinion that the most likely explanation of the disappearance of the men is that they had gone down on the afternoon of Saturday, the 15th of December, to the proximity of the West Landing to secure the box with the mooring ropes, which is the ropes that was missing. And these are probably huge fucking ropes. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's why it's noticeable that they're missing. And that an unexpectedly large roller, which is a wave. Okay. Okay. An unexpectedly large roller. An unexpectedly large roller had come up (laughs) on the island and a large body of water had growing higher. (laughs) Sorry. And a large body of water growing up higher than where they were coming down upon them had swept them away with relentless force. So with that, it's possible that waves can sweep people away. For sure. Yeah, well. However, in the year 2000, there was a 95-foot wave reported off the coast of Scotland. It's a huge wave. Yeah. But the dudes at Eileen Moore were at least 110 feet above sea level. And that that ninety five foot wave is a record. What the fuck? So it would have had to been that a doesn't big. Work. That doesn't work. Had to have been a big fucking wave. But that would have been on record somehow, right? Yeah. And that boat was there that day. That other boat and that passed see, was the same day, yeah, right? And didn't see. And said that the the weather wasn't even that bad. Yeah. So no. Yeah. This is where all. So that's the official everything. Thank you. Next. <laughs> there are theories that they were abducted by aliens. There are theories that they got swept away by a sea monster. Let's see. Like the fucking, Loch Ness. Like the fucking Loch Ness, Loch Ness monster. monster or fucking Cthulhu. There are theories. What? There are there's actually some pretty compelling theories as well that maybe one of them had like some sort of isolation sickness and mm-hmm. lost their damn mind mm-hmm. and killed the other two and then himself. Yeah. What's interesting is that this exact same thing happened in the year 1960 in Scotland. What? On, because we're in Scotland. At a lighthouse? Story. At a lighthouse. Yeah, a dude went crazy and killed his counterpart in the year 1960. And then it happened at the show. Well, this happened, wait, yeah, right? <laughs> There's no more No, anything. I'm sorry, but that's funny that I brought that up because I had no idea that's where you were going with that. And when I brought up The Shining, when you were talking about them going missing, oh, I was yeah. like, it's like, 
the lighthouse version of the shining yeah, for sure it i is. had no idea that's what you, it could t- potentially it's one of the great it's uns it remains you know a lot of people are unsatisfied huh. with the verdict that that no here the, here's the thing that i did read something about there was a guy who manned the lighthouse in the 50s nowadays that lighthouse is automated it runs itself right but it up until the 60s and 70s there were still people running it and there was a guy that ran it i guess it was a one-man job at a certain so point so this is what and you're talking w- about this yeah, I'm still t- no, I'm still talking about the original. Oh, Eileen Moore. Uh-huh. He was. He said that the waves were possible. Hmm. He said that he almost got swept away once trying to take a picture of how big the waves got. He said because of how rocky it was and because of how tumultuous the waters, that that specific region was more apt mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. waves than mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. There's that's also one guy almost. You're talking about three. The right? power. Yeah. So the thing is, is here's the thought. That two dudes are out there trying to secure something. One of them falls in. One of them gets hurt or something. The other guy runs in to grab the guy inside. That's why he leaves his jacket. He runs outside and they all three get swept away hmm. by whatever. Okay. There's also a whole thing with the chapel. Do you remember the old oh, broke down chapel? The chapel and we're gonna, gonna get, get swept away. Oh, I said abducted. So he. Why was there a chapel? There when was, it was a an, chapel dedicated to a 7th century Irish saint. And there's also, you know, we talk about Scotland and like these areas, these kind of magical areas like we did with uh, Netta. Mm-hmm. This is almost in that similar vein that there was almost something mystical going on. They say that people used to go on pilgrimages from Scotland to this island for religious reasons. And if there was ever even a, a break or a bad wind, they would abandon their trip. So there is a lot of mysticism hmm. and kind of stuff that's surrounded, but I didn't want to even get into it because it's gonna it would be a longer yeah. story. But yeah, so that's the un kind of mis- So what what where I think you you touch you were starting to talk about the the thing in the that happened later on the exact same thing that happened. Uh, I was just making a reference that another lighthouse. A dude in Scotland killed another oh, guy just at a the lighthouse. Wa- oh, because- oh, that was just that. That's an interesting thing oh, okay. that also happened. And then is the lighthouse still in existence? The lighthouse or? is still in existence, still operating, completely autonomously. Wow. Nobody's out there. I'm sure people go out there, but obviously it's a it's much... I it's haunted as fuck. It's haunted as fuck. And yeah, that is the story of the Whoa. missing dudes. So what do you Moore. think? What do you... Where do you stand on it? Do you think that they... I think that any... Fell into the water... I think probably more than likely. I think the weather sounds like some, something well, because happened. Because there are no, but there are notes though. Like his his notes, wasn't it just like everything was cool. normal? There wasn't cool. like a storm yeah. brewing. But a lot can change on the seas yeah. very quickly. But, but my thing with that though, the reason that I don't feel like it was a storm is because that that ship, yeah, that other ship that came didn't by. really incur. And and we're also going off of very very old information. Well, yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's a long fucking time ago. But I think either way, the fact that they just vanished just yeah. without a without a shred and in such a small place. Maybe. With, yeah. Maybe it was like something as crazy as like. It was a fucking Scottish giant came out and just plucked them. <laughs> no, and, I mean, not to be morbid, but what if it was like a suicide pact? They were all just like, fuck this job. And they all just fucking. The, the thing there that stops me is that the main guy who had been in the game for like 20 years, had a right. wife, had kids. Right, and the other, the other dude was a young permanent. Dude, he was coming up, and the other guy was a part-timer. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense. It would make sense for one of them to lose their shit. I bet shit. that, what was his name? Joshua Moore, the one who... Joseph Moore. Joseph Moore, sorry. He's the one that came back yeah, and found Yeah, I bet empty. he was fucking so happy. He was on his two weeks. Same deal to the first 
assistant keeper who had been on rest. Yeah. We don't even I don't know anything about him. He survived man. easy, but all everybody else just so my, gone uh, in my the blink I, of an I eye, man. Think, like, I don't know shit about lighthouses, obviously, sure, but like, especially what do you do ones? during the day? <laughs> I, well, I think the amount of labor that it took, I think they were working, they were working oh, pretty like, hard. Yeah. Wow. Like generating power? Getting it. Well, I, I, as I said, I think it was powered by steam. Yeah. But they also right. have to keep the grounds. Huh. They, it, it's a whole operation. That's wild. You know? Everything, everything took so much Does that have like a name? The like the... Yeah, Eileen Moore is largely it's what it's called. The Eileen, Eileen Moore. Moore. Yeah, it's one of the islands in the in this like little series of islands in the in the right by Scotland, just a couple miles away. Wow! Every time you said that, I just was like the Eileen Warnos. I the island of Eileen Warnos. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Like I want to like I want to look it up. Super unsolved, and there's more to it. There's other. A lot of the things that I heard were kind of like fictionalized. They were kind of romanticized. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of hard because it's so old to try to figure out the kind some great podcasts about it. I originally heard this on Unsolved like before we even had a podcast. Oh, okay. And I've been, and it's been just, it's been in my brain. It's like, that'd be, after I did the Dietloff Pass, I was like, that'd be fucking dope to do kind of like another uh-huh. Unsolved thing. Yeah. With that gravity. No, you know? for sure. Yeah. It's, it sort of like, remi- like just puts my brain in like Alcatraz, like those dudes who escaped and stuff like that. And like, um, db cooper like stuff yeah. like that that's just yeah. like so like what happened you know we'll and you never just know. don't know yeah. and that is really wild and the thing about it is is there is there if, if people want to look into it on their own there is a whole metaphysical weird fantasy element to this that i just it wasn't re- it wasn't relevant for the amount well, of well i was we gonna had, ask you, know? you like was was there any like for people to go on those other paths of like aliens or da da da, where there were there certainly certain, elaborations, like, were there like signs, quote unquote, or no. like things there was, that people also there was no signs of physical violence. There was no blood. Right. There was no upset. Right. Everything was just straight. But being like the on the ocean, I just feel like some, they were just something. I think a terrible accident. I think happened. that's where my brain just. I think goes. just a terrible or accident like maybe happened. They got caught up in the rope or something, and like somebody, they all got sucked. I don't know. Somebody got hurt. Somebody else went back to help to get the other guy to get full hands, mm-hmm. and none of whatever it was got them all. Or aliens. Mr. Moore is a psycho. He was on a killer, boat. Joseph he went Moore out was there on the boat after his one week break. Murdered them all. Got back, back to England. Or got back, back to Scotland. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there it is. I never really know how to end these because it's like, whoa. It does. I think it's just, thank you guys so much for listening to We Drink and We Know Things podcast. Yeah. And sorry, mine was a little heavy. Um, I think we're getting used to it by now. Go. I will say go Google mine. Don't listen to the 911 call, but look up. The family, because they were so gorgeous and beautiful, and she's so amazing, and but, and then look up the lighthouse, and we'll post stuff. We'll post pictures. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Follow us on the social media. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Goodbye.